Your attention, please. Listen. You're listening to TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber and our guest today, Bill Cohen, author of A Class with Drucker. So I guess number two is knowing your stuff, Bill. Well, not only knowing yourself, but knowing your stuff, really. Yes. In other words, whatever it is that you do, if you want to be a leader, really, you have to understand what you're doing, not office politics. I mean, leadership, you want to understand that. But you don't, I mean, I've seen so many books out there on office politics that you think that's the way to get ahead in life is, you know, to know how to manipulate people. And that's just not true. People don't care two straws even about what's your style of leadership or whether you're a good guy or a bad guy or a different guy. What they want to know, and I use the guy generically, whether male or female, this is a general, general term. What they want to know is, do you know your stuff or not? If you know your stuff, you can really, you can really succeed. You can really get places. You can really get to where you're going. And that's, and that leads in probably to the, to the, to the next one. And that is that you, you know, the, the declare your expectations. Let, let me you know, go, let me go back to number two. Uh-huh. Um, so if you know your stuff, that means you've spent time and you've learned well, you've experienced well, you know through and through your subject that, you know, your c- career, your business is your subject. And you, you don't cheat, you don't cheat what works, you do the work. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you get, you have to, uh, you know, you have to know what you're doing. This doesn't come to you automatically. You have to spend whatever it takes. I mean, whether it's reading or working or, or studying or whatever it is to learn so that you are an expert in what you do. I mean, it, it just, uh, this is true whether you're an actress or an actress or, or, or actor or actress rather yeah. or, or whatever it is you're doing. You know, you have to know your stuff. Right. So, so, you know, people are following you in the field that you are all supposed to commonly know, and you're the leader. And, you know, if you're the leader of a group in, in a certain um, classification or a certain subject, you should know that group as well as anybody. I mean, the, the subject as well as anybody. You should know. In fact, you, what you said there was true both ways. Yeah, you should know the subject, and you really want to know it's going to take the time to know your people as well. That's something that uh, that Drucker stressed very uh, very clearly that you have to know your people, and because you, you can't achieve anything without it. I mean, many people said that uh, Peter Drucker was an amazing had amazing ability to predict the future, and there's a lot of truth in that. I mean, he predicted the computer and he predicted he created the term the knowledge worker, and uh, predicted that 40 years ago a lot of it, just about every business thing that's happened uh, today was predicted by Drucker just a long time ago. But one thing he said once was, you can't predict the future, but you can create it. And, uh, you know, it, it was, you know, really an amazing thought if you think about it. Now, what he meant was by, you know, by, by sitting back and, you, you know, you say, well, what's going to happen in the future? You don't know. There's so many things that can happen. I mean, is, it's, is it going to rain or not going to rain? Or what's the weather going to be like? Right. You can't create that. You, you, can't, you just can't predict because of those reasons. But if you decide on where you want to go, your objectives, that's the first part in creating your future. And then you analyze the situation that you're faced with today and the resources that you either, uh, that you need or that you can get or how to, and how you're going to get them. And then you develop a plan based on the questions that you ask yourself and then you take action. 
And as the, yeah, the environment's going to change. I mean, maybe it is going to snow or rain or whatever. Not gonna, of course, it's not going to snow where you guys are in Hawaii. But, <laughs> but, no worries, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever it is, you take actions as these changes occur. And in that way, by, by taking these steps, in other words, deciding on your objectives, uh, doing some sort of a situational analysis and looking at your resources, uh, d- developing a plan based on based on all these facts that you've that you've gathered and the analysis that you've done, and then implementing it by taking action and then adjusting that as you proceed, and that way you really do create your own future. And that's one of the things the leaders came up with as well. They said you have to declare your expectations, and that includes all the subsets of of getting there by you know doing that. Yes, you mentioned showing uncommon commitment and you know i how valuable that is it's like you go the extra mile equals success uncommon commitment equals success and you know that's like you have a business if you will have uncommon commitment to it you'll ride through roadblocks setbacks inconveniences unfairnesses huge burdens because of your uncommon commitment, you'll make the business succeed. You'll you'll ride that bronc until it finally gets going right. Or raising children, or reaching goals, or having a successful marriage, or getting through school. All of those, if you keep going the extra mile, having the uncommon commitment, that is what, you know, by and large gets you success. I, I couldn't agree more with that, and I think that every leader that I interviewed and, I, and, and Drucker for sure would agree with that statement. You you have to be more committed to, to achieve your goals, whatever whatever your goal is, whatever your objective you're trying to reach, and whether you're trying to raise children or any any one of a, a million other different things that are part of the human endeavor and the human psyche. You have to be committed, and you have to be more committed than others if you're the leader. You can't expect others to be more committed with you than you are to a project to your project. No. If, and uh, if if uh, you know you can't make a, a rousing presentation or a rousing speech and get people excited, and then uh, and you know and then the afternoon you say okay go get them guys and you go home. <laughs> you leave your employees there. Stogie I mean, you know, and like, all. What, what's that old thing? Who was that mass man or something like that? <laughs> I mean, you know, but you know you can't do that. You have to be more committed than all these other folks. It's also amazing what commitment, how far commitment will take you. Yeah, it certainly will. I mean, it. it, it, When you're, things are going to get tough no matter what. I mean, every. I've never heard of any success in which an individual just went sailing through with no problems whatsoever. No, I I agree. I, you know, I I was happened to hear about a, a very interesting individual. Uh, you know, I made a presentation uh, for a military group in Toronto a couple months ago to Toronto at the uh, Canadian Forces Staff College. And uh, one of the, uh, in researching, I try to use examples, uh, whatever group I'm dealing with, from their own background. And one of the, there was a leading Canadian ace by the name of Burling during World War II. And he was a, uh, he shot down an amazing number of German aircraft and was awarded all kinds of high Canadian decorations. And they asked him about these decorations, and he said, you know, I don't care uh, about any of those high decorations. He says, the one I care about, he mentioned a very low-ranking, a very basic decoration. He said, that's the one that's important to me. He said, I think about all the hours I spent paying my own way to learn how to fly before I ever got in the Royal Canadian Air Force. When I think about all the hours I spent doing this and that and something else, going through flying school, convincing people to let me go to, you know, to this unit and, and 
convincing my boss and my, you know, my leaders that I could do this thing. He said, that basic decoration, that's the one that's important. He says, these higher decorations that I got, they just followed as a matter of course. And so I think this in, in himself, what he was talking about was his commitment at this very basic level yes. was the foundation of all the success that followed. You are listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charme Amber. Thank you very much for being with us. We are your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today is William Cohen, author of A Class with Drucker. And if you'd like to sign up for his newsletter, you can go to his website, www www.stuffofheroes.com So did I get this right? Your third point of uh, these military leaders, what 95% put as their top three, was declare your goal? Well, these aren't. The only one that's ranked in order, Keith, is the first, the integrity. Okay. Uh, that, and so I, I put it in that order just for that reason. I mean, that, you know, but the others were all there. I mean, they just happened to. I, I didn't even use it alphabetically, okay, whichever gotcha. one that. Uh, occurred to me at the time that I, I made the list up. But, yeah, the, the uh, you know, I, I mentioned, I usually, the, my list goes, uh, integrity I use as the first one because it's so important. And I yeah. talk about knowing your stuff. And then I talk about uh, declaring your expectations, which includes creating your future, as Drucker said, and all these other aspects. And then I talk about uh, showing uncommon commitment that you have to have in order to, you know, in order to reach your final goals. Mm-hmm. And then I talk about something that you kind of mentioned earlier, uh, you know, and that is expecting positive results. Um, you simply can't succeed if you expect to fail. I mean, you set up your own screen the power that stops of belief. you from reaching your goals. That's right, the power of belief. Yeah, it, and, it's, and it's critical, and it's yeah. really important. I mean, it is, look, I, I don't want to be Pollyannish about this. It's true, you can be very positive that you're going to reach your goal, and sometimes you won't make it. But if you don't believe you're going to reach it, if you're thinking of hell, I will guarantee you you're not going to make it. So you really have to expect positive results. And, of course, the key to this is to do everything that you can so that these positive results not only are expected in you, but you really do believe. I mean, you're not, you know, you're not just right. kidding yourself. I mean, you know, you're going to get there. So it's not a, a puff ball, you know, I expect it so it's going to happen. It's I expect it with the arms of, and legs of working on it diligently to make it happen, too. That's exactly right. In other words, you've done every single thing you possibly can. I mean, it's not a case of you're going in and you're, you're a, you know, let's say you're in school and you're taking a test and, you, and you're positive thinking. You're saying, oh, I'm going to do well, I'm going to do well, I'm going to do well, I'm going to do well. And you never study or you never go to class. <laughs> I mean, I guarantee it's not going to happen. But if you do everything that you can and then you have those positive results, man, mm-hmm. you're going to do really super, I guarantee you. Right on. I really uh, would like to talk next about how you go ahead developing self-confidence. Well, it, it, self-confidence comes one step at a time. Uh, when I look at, uh, you know, Peter's career, you know, I mentioned last night, I told you, you know, the story, and I won't go over it again, about how uh, he had this confidence, even though he was in his early 20s, to stand up to an American colonel, even though he was, a, in, th- in, in theory, he was a foreign national from an enemy state. I mean, you know, we were in World War II, and Peter was born in Austria, educated in Germany, left there because he was Jewish right after his, uh, Hitler took power, but, in, but he was an enemy alien. 
And uh, he had this uh, this job, and so he stood up to this colonel when there was uh, it wasn't quite clear what a management consultant was. But he built that. That didn't suddenly happen. That happened because Peter had done so many different things, even by the time he was in his early 20s, that he had built this self-confidence. And for those of us that want to build self-confidence, we don't start out, you don't start out suddenly doing the, the, you know, the greatest, the most super, the most daring thing. You start off with little things. I mean, little things in your life that are, uh, you know, that, that are not so difficult. I mean, once I was, uh, once I heard an individual explain how, how he learned how to make decisions, decisive, big decisions very rapidly, he said, I started out with small decisions. Like, which movie am I going to go to? He said, I didn't hem and haul and think, oh my gosh, this, that, and everything else. I looked at it, I said, okay, this is the movie, this is what I'm going to say, bang, and I did it. And those are little decisions that you can make in your life, and it helps you develop to later on, as these decisions become more and more important. It's not that you don't look at the whole situation, but you can learn how to look at and analyze things very, very rapidly and make that decision right away. And that's how you build your self-confidence in the same thing, the same way. You do it with little things day by day. And as these little things, as you succeed in that, they get bigger and bigger, and you get stronger and stronger and more self-confident. There was another uh, point that you brought up that Drucker had said. He suggests that people have two distinct jobs. Oh, yes. Well, he said you really have to become expert in at least two different fields. And, he, he in fact, he told a little story. The story was that this uh, this executive, this president of this, this company died. And at his funeral, there were two different groups of people. One group was from his company and from the industry in which he worked, and the other were Egyptologists. And each group wondered what the other was doing there. <laughs> and it turned out that, you know, in addition to being a, a, a president of a company, that he was also a famous Egyptologist in his spare time. I mean, that was his thing. That was his avocation, but he was serious about it. And so he suggested that everybody, every executive, every manager that wanted to be a manager, if you really want to develop yourself, you really have to become expert in at least two separate, totally different fields and very committed to it. And Peter Drucker, uh, you know, he was a guy that got out in front and set the example in that fashion himself. So in addition to being the world's, you know, number one management thinker and greatest teacher. He was also uh, a, a, an expert in Japanese art, and he actually was a professor of Japanese art. When he taught at Claremont, he had a professorship in management, and he also had a separate professorship and taught and co-authored a book in Japanese art. So I think that's something all of us have to think about as well, that we should find something else that we can really become not just engaged in, I mean, not just do a sort of a hobby that we, well, we fish or something like that. I mean, that's fine. But it's something that you commit to becoming the very best at and, and do a, a, an outstanding job to it. And furthermore, you explained in your book that part of the reason for this is you can do one thing and get tired, but then you go to the other and you have a whole new wave of energy because it's a different set of muscles you're using. Yeah, that's, that's something that I found in my own life. I mean, I, I really had to, you know, spend a lot of time, you know, in the military and still do lectures to the military as well. But I also had this tremendous commitment and very great interest in teaching and in, 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 in educating uh, young folks who they were both undergraduate and graduate students in, in, uh, in marketing and in, and in leadership. And I think that you, when you do this, I mean, if one thing, you get tired of it, it's very refreshing 
not only your muscles but also your mind muscles yes. you know, are are uh, you know really relaxed to go to something else. And the other thing that I found very interesting is the fact that you can take things from one profession into another that can be very very valuable that haven't been heard of in that other profession. Yes, intersections. Right, exactly. That's what they're calling intersecting when you bring two different things together. And, and when right. you've got uh, creative intelligence going on, you can really, you know, it's like you get a, a whole inside scoop. It could be just one or it could be five over a lifetime, but a whole inside scoop from the, the other subject into the other subject. We yeah, need really to take, we need, no, no, Bill, Bill break time. <laughs> but when we come back, I'd like to talk about uh, Einstein and discovering the speed of light for the last segment. Hold on. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Bill Cohen is our guest today, a class with Drucker. If you'd like to go to his website, www.stuffofheroes.com. Boy, this mouth is weird tonight. (laughs) We will be right back. Stay with us. (laughs) 